So the title of, of my uh, sermon is Keeping Your Head in the Age of Twitter, Not Hijacked by Hashtags. And Barbara said, how much do you know about hashtags? I said, well, not that much really, but as best I can tell, they're just a venue for, new, for trash talk uh, oftentimes, anyway. Oftentimes I hear in my office something like, so what can I do about something? Or what am I supposed to do? What does a person of good conscience do? Of course, sometimes this is rhetorical, but frequently people are responding to the context of what I think of as the gathering dark of these current times. These times of an inhumane lack of hospitality, glaring greed, and seeming gratuitous cruelty in words and actions. So I feel challenged to address this question not that there are easy answers, not that there are silver bullet answers, just what can we do? So what am I called to do as a religious person, as a person that's part of a religious community, as anybody with a modicum of morality and some sense of compassion? So how would we better express our religion than in the manner we relate to others in the way we take on injustice, corruption, oppression, and exploitation of others. Of course, our services, our rituals, our ceremonies, our homilies are all good. But loving others and taking those actions and taking care of this web of existence is what it's about. To paraphrase, these are times that try all souls and all hearts. In the age of hashtags, assault tweets, the 24-7 news cycle, the scroll of ever-present breaking news, how are we to proceed? Every day you think, well, it can't get any worse than this, and then you wake up the next day and you hear the new tweet or you see the new uh, breaking news. You see the new invective, the new taunt. So, do we join every fight we're invited to? Do we fight fire with fire? Sarcastic tweet with sarcastic tweet? Do we blink, turn our heads, turn off the TV, get off Facebook, get off the computer? What is a person conscious to do? What is right action? What is logical? What are the spiritual practices that might make a difference, that might be effective? I read a quote a few years ago attributed to Ann Sullivan in regard to Helen Keller, who after being staffed regarding the litany of troubles and obstacles, et cetera, that she, was faced, that she and Keller were facing, said something like, yes, yes, we understand that the situation is hopeless, so, now, what shall we do? I imagine being able to read this in any number of ways, but I read that as hopeful. Realizing that there are hard things, there are obstacles in our way, but we have resources, we have solutions also. We are not without hope. So what do we do in light of our first source that can help us move to that renewal of the spirit and open us to the forces that it creates. 
So what are some things that I can do, that we can do, or should do, that are appropriate actions, right thoughts, practices that keep me or us from just being from a flailing, sputtering sense of frustration that provokes us to return tweet for tweet, taunt for taunt, in our attempt to counter hapless helplessness. What years of being a therapist have taught me is that most of us would rather feel anything other than helpless. Oftentimes we end up stuck between shame and blame, self-loathing or rage at others. So our challenge is how do we rechannel this? As y'all probably know, I'm uh, having an affinity for sports and I want to use sports metaphors. So my thought is we're in a game and the other team has scored two or three quick, maybe even questionable touchdowns. So we're behind and we need to take action. We can't afford to be upset, surprised, unbelieving that the other team has scored. We have to be in this for the long haul and have a game plan that is methodical, effective, and utilizes our resources. As I said earlier, problems and injustices are real, but no more than our, no more real than our strengths and our resources. This is not a time for Hail Marys, for desperation or trick plays, but rather for making plans, doing the groundwork, and taking effective action. So let me give you a few of my thoughts on this. And I can use my own hashtags for this, okay? The hashtags, we are focused. We need to reflect. This may be a time for prayer, meditation, the ability to listen to our heart, to imagine what it's like to be one of them. The disenfranchised, the poor, the immigrant. We are called to live with our eyes wide open as well as our hearts. So I would ask you to notice the movement, the moments and places that your heart is open and the places where it restricts. It's here that we develop a vision for what we need to move toward rather than what we would move away from, the things that we would disavow, disallow, or we just want no part of. Obviously, we can't ignore the negative, but rather look for the path in the pathology. Hashtag creativity. Creativity allows us to, to develop a sense of agency. And agency is that power to make choices. It is the belief that I can make, I can shape, I can be an actor, which is an antidote to feeling victimized or helpless. We can teach, we can meet, we can have dialogues on race, we can bake, we can plant, we can build community, we can light a chalice, we can march, we can protest, we can write letters, we can use our privilege as a resource. I heard something on NPR the other day, it was a, a woman being interviewed in that coffee house experience a few months ago where two uh, uh, black men were let out in handcuffs because they were there without ordering something. And this woman was confronted with police and said, you know, there was a, um, a Caucasian woman and a child who came in, used the bathroom, left without ordering anything. There were two other people in the facility that were there uh, 
waiting for someone had not ordered the thing. They were not taken out in handcuffs. And so I think this is, the woman speaking is using her privilege as a resource. And I think that's what we can do. We can't take, you know, shuck our white privilege or our privilege like a dirty shirt. I mean, it is a resource we can use because we can have a voice. We can do these things rather than being glued and flummoxed by the actions, the bad actions, and the ridiculous comments of some in power because all that does is foster our own sense of profound impotence. Hashtag community. We don't have to do this alone. We recognize the interrelatedness and circularity of life. How we make use of our own and other resources is key. In community, we develop the vision and courage necessary to do the work. Life can have a collaborative context and provide the spiritual force to push back against oppression. In community, we embrace our best and worst. Some present forces now, or that are ever present really, as racism, sexism, haveism, the separation of families creates a fragmented society. It is in community that our fragmented or broken souls can heal and give us the strength to push back against the forces. Hashtag doors open to quote Hebrews 13.2. Do not forget to be kind to strangers for some who have done this have entertained angels unawares. Part of our mission as a church is hospitality, to welcome and to nurture the souls and spirits of others, compassion and dignity for all people, and treating this web as though our lives depend on it. We have to believe that no good act, no matter how small, is without meaning. Don't think that small things can't make a difference. Indeed, they are the only things that really ever do. We can't end violence and evil and ridiculous behavior, behavior through more violence and our own ridiculous behavior. Hashtag practice, practice, practice. What is the best way to get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Anyway, it's uh, important to stay awake in the dark. The dark of corruption, the dark of injustice, the dark of disruption and instability. We need to stay awake and aware using such practices as reflection and repentance. I spoke some about reflection and developing vision. Repentance seems like kind of an archaic word. Some would talk about doing a, a, a moral inventory, but it's a way of coming to grips with who I am. Uh, it does take courage. Joseph Campbell talked about the hero as one who participates in life courageously and decently, not in the way of personal rancor, disappointment, or revenge. So we need to be able to take into account and to listen to ourselves and to admit our own foibles, shortcomings, lack of empathy, our own intolerance, our own fears, our own griefs, our own lack of sensitivity to others. In doing this, I can come to acceptance in order to move forward in a decent way.
Another is the practice, in addition to uh, repentance and reflection, is resistance. And it's pushing back. It's in, but it's important to know who or what we are resisting. It can be external forces, but it can also be our own numbness, our cynicism, our own hatred. Hatred feeds and fuels itself. Hatred is a parasite that sucks the life out of its host. Instead of hatred, some have called us to practice revol revolutionary love. There was a, we saw the Ware lecture today, and uh, their, their, key, their, their speaker talked about this, about revolutionary love, which is loving fiercely, eyes open, the type of love that gives us strength, helps us stay focused in order to resist the corruption and nastiness that surrounds us. It is the type of love that can ground us and strengthen us so that we are not floundering about. And it's the practice of resiliency and competency. Competence is the, is the capacity to use everything we have to realize success. Learning to recognize and make use of what we have is a vital form of, of competence. Good things that happen to us, bad things that happen to us, they're all grist for the mill. How we handle difficult situations, how we keep on with our day-to-day -day life determines resilience. So even with negative external forces, we go about our business, we do the work, we celebrate life, we take care of the web of existence, and these are the acts of resilience. Hashtag get over ourselves. We will be tested. These are difficult times, but there are always difficult times. Injustice has always been present. Evil has always been a part of life. We do not have the luxury of righteous disbelief. After all, Unitarians come from a long line of abolitionists, activists, suffragettes, freedom fighters, freedom riders, protesters, fascist fighters. It's merely our turn at the plate. It's to deal with corruption, greed, instability, uncouthness, and gratuitous cruelty that's in front of us. It's nothing new, it's just that it's current. Now I have a, a retweet because I, I did study a little bit of this and it's um, <laughs> stay angry. Uh, Melissa was in the pulpit a few weeks ago and, and her tagline was stay angry. I would reiterate this with a perhaps with a caveat in that we need, we need to use our anger. We need to view it as fire that out of bounds is dangerous but contained is imperative for life and more than useful. We can cultivate the ability to let our anger fuel and empower us to carry us to right action effectively, appropriately, and in a manner that has impact. Now, the last part of the game plan is this is where, you know, this, these are the intangibles. This is like the uh, win one for the Gipper and, and leave it on the court and all that. Okay. <laughs> And the part of the plan that speaks to our grit and giving us the courage, honing our determination, the willingness to keep on keeping on. Such as remembering not to get sucked into a vortex of negativity and hopelessness. 
And if y'all will indulge me, I will read just a few lines from Rutger Kipling. This. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating. Later. And if you meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors both the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. Uh, remember, the pen is mightier than the sword and more nuanced than a tweet. Reminded that we, when they go low, we go high, realizing that problems and obstacles are real, but no more real than our solutions and resources, that we can be confident and resilient and use what we've got. Remembering that the arc of the moral universe is long, but heads toward justice. Reminded to never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. So in ending, what should we do? What can we do? Let us move on, treating all with dignity, informed by our principles, embodying our covenant, being the voice of our mission, and living with and living into our use and affirmation. Thank you.